This is an ABC podcast. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you listening, if you care about it. I personally don't. No, we don't. Yeah. (laughs) It's just so interesting to see all the love going around. Like, I, and people who do care about it, I got a text this morning from a guy that I've been on a few dates with saying, so, are we Valentine's or what? That... (laughs) is modern romance right there. Who said romance was dead? <laughs> and then Dee and I worked on a meme to send back because that is how you communicate. Yeah. What was it again? Roses are red. Violets are blue. The vibes are never jank, chief. You're dead ass, my boo. <laughs> I love it so much. Modern poetry right there. <laughs> anyway, we hope you are feeling loved from us at least, if not no one else. And we have got a very important podcast episode for you today as well. We're going to be addressing dating as a bisexual. And we had some stats come through our emails not too long ago and we thought we should do an episode on this because they weren't that great. Yeah, unfortunately, we're going to talk about them really soon, but it showed that bi people are having a really shit time dating. So yeah, in this episode, we're going to talk about that. We're going to hear about your experiences, talk about the stigma that still exists, but also how to embrace and explore your bisexuality if you are finding it really hard at the moment. So Dating App Hinge has done this really, really huge dating report for LGBTQIA plus people. Uh, It was filled with data, trends and expert advice based on research which was conducted over 14,000 queer daters all over the world. That's a good sample size. It's huge, right? Mm. And so, you know, normally we might not be like, oh, let's, you know, chat to a dating app about their research. But that's just like such a huge amount of people. So it was interesting for us to see the stats that came through because something that they did find was that bisexual daters are three times more likely to have never had a queer dating experience because they feel nervous telling a potential date that it's their first time. So we had to chat to Mo Ari Brown, who is their love and connection expert, basically to to hear a little bit more about these stats and why they think that people are feeling this way. There's a challenge that I think that gets presented for bisexual daters, even though they make up uh, the largest self-identified LGBTQIA plus group. Uh, there is this experience of hesitancy toward dating. And I think it often comes from misunderstandings about identity, prejudices about bisexual people and how they might exist in relationship and so on and so forth. Uh, All untrue, but there are so many misconceptions. So, of course, it's always really great to get the numbers, but we want to hear from you. And so we put it up on our Instagram. You can follow us at Triple J The Hookup. And we got so many responses, D. We always say this. I know. Like, it's such a classic us move to be like, like mm, overwhelming response. But this was no. like one of our strongest ones for sure. And like you told us about these experiences where you've come up against so many obstacles, whether it's like within yourself or from other people. Yeah. And, and what I really want to put out there is that, I don't know, say, for example, we had 200 responses. Probably about two of those responses were positive. Most of you are having a really shit time dating as a bi person. For me, who is someone who had predominantly straight relationships prior to coming out, it was difficult to kind of figure out 
whether you were and because you hadn't had experiences with the same sex it was very hard to know it's really tricky because on the one hand i really want to explore my bisexuality and be with more men have a sexual experiences with men and gain experience there so i feel more confident but i feel a lot of pressure to fit into heteronormativity and just date women and i find it's really really easy when i have experience with them and it's very secure and it feels like I'm fitting into the status quo. When I've dated males, they've always just been like, no, it's a phase or you're definitely straight, not believing it or hypersexualizing it. Straight away, their first thing is like, oh yeah, I've always wanted a threesome. Like they turn it into sort of a porn thing. And when you tell girls while you're still dating a guy, they don't believe you. They go, fine, fine, but you're dating a guy, so you can't be bi, but then Whenever I date girls, it's the opposite. It's straight away like, no, you're not bi, you're a lesbian. Like, you're fully a lesbian. Because I already had a history of dating men and looking straight, whatever the, that means, I guess, is that whenever I went to queer events, um, I was always met with hostility and I felt like I was never welcome at those events. And it kind of just made me too scared to try queer dating. Um, I just felt like I looked too straight. People thought I was straight. And I just felt like that was a part of my sexuality. I wasn't able to access. So for me, I think a lot of my same-sex experiences have ended up being with bi people and bi women just because they understand and there's this kind of mutual understanding. Someone who can relate to what a lot of you are feeling about dating and being bi is writer and author Patrick Glenton. You've probably seen his writing on Twitter. He's a huge advocate for queer rights and issues online, and he's had a really interesting journey to coming to terms with his bisexuality. Basically, it took him a while to properly come out as bi because he was in a relationship with a woman for a long time in his 20s. But then when they broke up, he started dating for the first time as a bi man and experienced firsthand what it's like to deal with a lot of that stigma and biphobia. I went about it actually quite methodically and was like, you know, I'm not interested in being anything other than the full representation of my sexuality. So I'm going to not hide anything and also be as fair as possible. And so I, I sort of did this thing of like, if I set up a date with a woman one week, then I would specifically be like, right, I'm looking for a guy for next week. I was trying to actually kind of create a little bit of a, um, like a scientific analysis. Uh, so I could actually really see what it meant to be dating as a very out bisexual man. How did you go about navigating telling people as well when you were like going on dates yeah um so i had a couple of weird experiences where uh you know i'd be on a date with a woman and i'd mentioned that i was that i'd been on a date with a man or you know like or that i identify as queer or you know it would come up in conversation because that's just what happens and a couple of times i was really surprised where that would really throw these people and not always entirely in a negative way but like definitely in a way that it was like it threw them for a loop and then there were a couple of negative times you know like I had I had someone call the date at that point because they were like I'm sorry I'm not looking for a hookup I want something serious and it was like this sort of thing of like well what exactly about me being a bi man makes you think that I'm looking for a hookup, you know, and they were like, oh, well, isn't that the whole point of being bi so you can sleep with people all the time? And I'm like, I think you're talking about 
polyamory or an open relationship. And I was kind of like, that's fine. I don't particularly want to sit here and, and justify and validate my bisexuality. Like, you know, I'm, I, I don't have to hard sell you. Plus it wasn't going that great anyway. Yeah, so like, I'll see myself out. <laughs> yeah. And like, and I had a couple of other weird regressive um, attitudes towards bisexuality, these sort of stereotypes, just kind of like, oh, so, you know, like if you date women, does that mean that you're like constantly missing being with a man? That's like, when you date someone, do you miss being with everyone else? Like, you know, yeah. so just a couple of weird conversations like that, that made me eventually get to the point where I was like, well, you know what, in order to, if nothing else, increase efficiency and cut down on like, you know, the time and money <laughs> wasted, then I was just like, I'm putting it in all my bios, like bisexual out. And the interesting thing was, I would say, cut down on my matches with women by a significant amount. I don't know about you, Pip, but having read and listened to so many people's experiences dating as a bi person just makes me think like that shit would just be eating away inside of yourself. Like we are all just vulnerable human beings to begin with. Like imagine having to deal with that much like stigma and comments about who you are as a person. I know. I'm totally like going over in my head about all the things that you've told us, like having imposter syndrome, not feeling comfortable at queer events, having people say pick a side, having people say it's just a phase, all of that bearing down on you. And then you have to go out and try and like put a grin on your face and meet Mm. somebody and be your best self when you feel like your worst self. It's so hard. And we want to get to the point where we want to turn this around. Yeah, because, and that's what we're going to do in this episode. Yeah. Like we will give you advice on how you can change that and feel more comfortable owning your sexuality in dating. Um, we spoke to Chris Cheers, who's a psychologist and author. He's a gay man who's gone through a journey of finding his own identity. And we'll get to that really soon. But, yeah, we did want to talk to Chris a little bit about how you might be feeling internally if you are bi and dealing with all of this stigma in a really negative way when you're trying to date. In psychology, we call it minority stress. So when you're a minority, be it you know a person of color or someone of a certain gender or sexuality, that stress or that you experience because you're stigmatized or just because you're anxious about being stigmatized, that then feeds into how you view your own self-worth. Because if you hear time and time again from family, from friends, from new dates, that you're not good enough or that really feeds into how we view ourselves. And this is what we sometimes call internalized biphobia, you know, that sense that you're feeling not good enough or not queer enough or just not enough. And unfortunately, dating is a space where that plays out in this sense that you're kind of sitting in front of someone and hoping that they see you as good enough. And unfortunately, if you don't have an internal sense that you are good enough, it's going to be a lot more difficult for you to deal with it when someone maybe rejects you or just doesn't want a second date or whatever might happen. We've spoken about this before, Pip, but how now in our dating culture we use dating apps to to meet people. We experience micro-rejections constantly. And this is like on a whole nother level. It's like micro rejections times a hundred. And I think about the fact that when a child burns themselves on a stove, they learn instantly, well, I'm not going to do that again. And I feel the same way with dating and having really negative and shit experiences. It's like, well, why would you put yourself out there again and again and again if you're constantly getting rejected and having these shit time? No, totally. I really quickly want to go back to that internalized biphobia. I think Chris explained it really well, 
but it's something that a lot of you identified within yourselves that you struggle with. And someone who got in touch with us, Jess, this has been her for years, just trying to unpick these notions and everything that's coming down on her from the outside. And it's just kind of like rotted her to the inside. And yeah, she just has such a hard time with it. When I was 17, um, I had been in relationships with men at the time and having that first attraction to somebody else who was of a different gender, I immediately went to, I have to pick a side. Like, I know that I'm still attracted to guys, so I have to be here. And all of the pressures that came along with those heteronormative standards stuck with me. And, you know, having to live to those expectations has been really, really difficult. And I think that was a really freeing moment where I came to realise that I didn't actually, it wasn't about picking a side. It was just about, no, the love I want to give is about who they are, not for what what they look like or what they mm. what they dress like. So that was the big one for me. And that because of that, I always felt that there was something wrong with me because, you know, um, sorry, but I always felt that there was something wrong with me because, you know, I felt like I was always trying to fit into this box and I was always trying to fit into this particular mould. And, you know, it was always those small little things of like, oh, you're just doing this for attention. Like I got to a point where I was actually telling myself that and I was actually telling myself, you're going to grow out of this. Like you're just a deviant youth at the moment who's taking risks and trying things. And and then it got to a point where I realised that, oh, no, this is, this is not something that I'm just risk-taking in or trying. It's something that's actually who I am. And no, there's nothing wrong with you. You, you are able to express love how you wish to and it's okay to love based on the person, not the part. It's such a hard one to hear, isn't it? It actually makes me really emotional. Me too. Like You can feel her pain in her voice as she's recalling that. And also just, is that not the most incredible thing to be able to love someone for who they are based on nothing but who they are on the inside? I'm like, that is goals. Like that is actually should be celebrated by the whole of society. Like that is so incredible that despite everything, you're just like, no, I love this person for who they are on the inside. And yet people are having to deal with so much stigma for that. Yeah, exactly. And if you're not battling your inner self with these kind of ideas and these demons, um, well, as you've already heard from all the people that we spoke to, you are going to be battling it with potentially other people around you telling you. The thing about being bi is that you will get perceived or sized up by people around you all the time in terms of your sexuality because you'll be either, if you're in a relationship with the same sex, you'll be mistaken for gay or if you'll be in a relationship with someone of the opposite sex, you'll just be mistaken for being straight. Yeah, or if you have a history with one gender and then you turn to the other one, they're like, well, no, you're, you're just experimenting. You're just experimenting. Like, yeah. your history says otherwise. And this was something that Chris spoke to us about. He said that bi people have to constantly come out to people all the time, which you can imagine is just emotionally exhausting. The difficult thing is then this bisexual person almost has to come out in every with every new person in every new conversation. And if they're likely to receive stigma, they're obviously unlikely to want to do that all the time, to come out all the time. So that ongoing kind of 
anxiety about sh- is this a safe space to come out? Should I tell people I'm bisexual? Will that just lead me to have to talk about it over and over again? That can really add up to really becoming a bit of a, a stress or anxiety in your everyday life. And that kind of anxiety, you know, really takes its toll. As humans, for us to categorize people, it's what we do. Mm. And I have to say, you know, I've got a lot of gay guy friends and I've just assumed that when I meet friends of friends in that group that they're also, if they come across to me as quote-unquote gay, they're a gay guy. And I've been mistaken so many times when they've then told me no, that they're bi and, you know, sometimes they've been interested or they want to do like you know catch up later or whatever and I'm just like always like taken aback by that and that's on me mm, mm. no no we all fall into the same trap it's just what we do to survive basically um, but it can be to our own and of course other people's detriment your brain has all these biases that are really unhelpful sometimes and one of them is your brain really wants to categorize people as soon as they meet them you know if you think about sitting down as a date you kind of ask questions because you're trying to kind of categorize this person like maybe where did you go to school or where do you live we, our brain wants to categorize. And unfortunately, that means that when it meets someone, it will assume their sexuality based on what they look like or what you know about them. And this is the really dangerous thing because we should never and can never assume someone's sexuality because sexuality is an identity. It's not something you can, you can read by just looking at someone. And I think bisexuality especially is, is an identity that has to be expressed because for whatever reason, there hasn't really existed these sort of stereotypes about what a bi person might look like or what might a bi person might do. So your, your brain just assumes that someone is, you know, gay or a lesbian rather than being bi. And I think that contributes then to the sort of the, the need for people to have to come out all the time because it's not assumed. I think as long as we know that we're doing it, it's going to happen subconsciously, naturally as a human. Mm. I think you just need to train yourself not to, right? Like you need to be able to Realize that you're doing it and then take a step back and then make sure you question why you think a certain thing if you don't have it actually confirmed by that person. Mm. No, it's totally possible. You can totally train your brain. Your brain is plastic. You just have to like catch yourself in the moment and be disciplined with it. Like really like think out loud in your brain. You know that voice in your head? It's like, bitch, why? Prove it. It's like, do Where you know that for sure? Where are the facts? Have you seen their whole dating history? Mm. Have, Have you, you had a conversation with them? Yes, <laughs> literally that. But yeah, we talked about it with Chris and he said that, you know, people do it because they want to fit in or they want others to fit into their perceived ideas of things. And it was really interesting. He actually opened up to us about his own journey and how he really went through this. Well, I grew up thinking, oh, this is what a gay man is. You know, they like this and they do this. And, if, and I didn't fit into it. And so I was like, oh, well, therefore I can't be gay. You know, and I think that's the kind of dangerous sort of narratives that can exist around us is in, especially in queer culture is like, you need to be this kind of queer or this kind of non-binary person. You need to look this particular way. And I think that's what I would invite people to really consider knowing that your sexuality or your identity is completely your own. And rather than this sense that just because you have a label that you need to be a particular way and further than that, that if you have a particular sexuality label, and you feel like that for you to have worth, you need to look a particular way or act a particular way. I think we really have to do the difficult work of stepping back from that and knowing you have worth already. You baseline, you just have worth. And what you do on top of that in terms of you know who you want to sleep with, who you want to have a relationship with, how you want to dress, all that stuff is completely separate from the idea that you have worth and you're good enough already. Seriously. Write that into my brain. <laughs> Chris. You have worth. I'm obsessed with Chris. That made me feel like listening to him say that. I was like, I feel healed. 
Yeah. I do have worth. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. But you know what? We need more advice because as we've established, if you are a bi person dating (laughs) in 2023, you're facing a lot of shit right now. You've got internalized biphobia maybe. Having to constantly explain or out yourself. Maybe other people always invalidating your sexuality. So how can we take away a bit of this fear of rejection? Yeah, because we want you to get out there and have fun and explore. We spoke to Chris about it. He says, you got to start off by taking a bit of the pressure off that first date. Coming back to that classic theme of destroying the idea of, quote unquote, the one. We love to do that here at The Hookup. Oh, yeah. Boo the one. It's all a lie. We need to get away from this idea that love is like this object that we can find. Like we're just wandering around, trying to try, and one day we'll just find it and everything will be okay. Love is not a noun. Love is not a feeling. Love is an action. Love is something we do. And it's something you can do in all the relationships in your life, family, friends, and keep that perspective because that will put less pressure on the date. That'll put less pressure on this because you know, not only do you have worth, but you also already have connections and important connections in life. And this is just another thing that you're adding to the mix rather than being the only thing. We were talking about it literally like a couple of hours ago where it was like some people just put all their stock into that person. They're like, I have to be loved by them because then I will not feel love myself. It's like, firstly, love yourself and let your friends and family do that for you as yeah, well. Yeah, stop making the stop making the goal that this person becomes your everything. And we, you know, people and I have said this a lot on the hookup, like dating should be fun. It should be about learning about yourself, not necessarily looking for that special someone. And if you happen to find them, that's really exciting. Speaking of learning, Chris also says that exploring this is so important. And like we said before, don't put yourself in a box. You don't have to know your sexuality like forever right now. Like you don't have to say, okay, I am you know, bisexual and therefore I'm bisexual for the rest of your life. You might be, great. But you might learn more about yourself. You might learn more about different sexualities. You might learn about more genders and your sexuality may change and your understanding of yourself will change. I totally agree with this. And we've heard from you so much about how your sexuality has changed. You know, sometimes you've told us about your journey. You might come out as pan, which, by the way, this episode is completely for you as well. Um, And then you're like, no, I'm actually bi. Or you might just be like, no, I'm actually a lesbian now. Or I'm actually a gay man. Or... I'm going back to being, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's so fluid and it can change constantly. So don't feel so much pressure to be like, just because I say that I'm bi now, that means I'm bi forever. And we're going to get into some label stuff in just a moment. So that could maybe help you. Maybe you don't even want to label yourself at all. Very that. Something that you seem to be split on is whether or not you should tell someone straight up from the beginning on a dating app, in person, whatever it is, that you're bisexual. And Patrick, we heard before, he puts it in his bio. Yeah, he's like, I want people to know straight up, I don't have to deal with any of the shit experiences. When I go on a date, they'll know I'm bi from the beginning. Yeah, and Mo also reckons it's pretty helpful to talk to them before you even start the date about your sexuality. Have that conversation even before the first date, if you feel if you feel good about that. But then Chris reckons... You also don't really owe anyone anything. For some people, these labels are really important and I want to validate that. Like if you calling yourself bisexual is really important to your identity, then you should, you know, hold that to be true. And But there's we also have to allow space for people that aren't so sure. And that's really okay as well. If you're just exploring, that's cool. And you don't owe anybody your definite sexuality. 
if you you don't know anybody anything, especially if it's a first date and you've just met the person. It is something that is stigmatized in a lot of environments and a lot of dating environments. So it makes total sense if you're not wanting to share it straight off the bat. That That's okay. You might want to, which is okay as well. But I think allowing yourself to decide for yourself, what works for me now? Is this a space where I feel safe? Do I trust this person yet? Do I want to share this personal information about me? Because sexual identities are personal information. And if your answer is yes, I feel safe. Yes, I trust this person. Then absolutely share it. But if you're still, you know, working out this person and working out if you trust them, then, you know, you shouldn't feel a pressure to share something you're not ready to. Okay. Do you, I reckon I can see both sides to this. Because like on the one hand, you can eliminate a lot of BS by using a filter, putting it in your bio. But then on the other hand, you might just be like opening yourself up to conversations, especially if you CBF. Like imagine someone DMing you and being like, well, you don't look bi. Yeah, you, we, we you've, fucking go. you've told us that people have messaged you and sexualized you. Yeah. Especially if you're a bi woman and it's yeah. a straight guy. But whatever route you go down, you should feel validated and comfortable enough to know that whatever works for you, just do it. Also, quickly going back to Mo, um, obviously we heard he's pretty big on being upfront and honest about your bi dating experience, but he also reckons that this is something you should tell people if you're nervous about it being your first time. I will start that conversation by saying, hey, I am just going to be honest with you. I have never had a queer dating experience before, but I really like you and I really want to get to know you better. And that's how I would start that conversation and uh, and more than likely it's going to be received well. Also, we had so many people get in touch with us to let us know that they are more than happy to be somebody's first time. It's something that doesn't bother them. And I think they understood it because they were like, well, we've all had a first time, right? Like we've all been there and been that nervous wreck. So yeah, don't feel so nervous about it. I think people might be a little bit more open than you think. The stats reflected that too. Mm, The report from Hinge said 80% of queer people were open to being someone's first queer experience. 80%. That's so huge. Yeah. So keep that in mind. You might be listening to this episode and you might not identify as bi. Whatever it is that you identify, you might just be listening because A, you're curious, B, you're obsessed with Pip and I, which we love. Thank you for listening to every episode we ever do. Um, three, you could just be, wait, am I doing letters or numbers? Did I go A, B, C? I don't know. I was just really enjoying the compliment to ourselves. But Classic. the third C, and final C bit. Or th- C or three. <laughs> wait, now I've forgotten what it was. I know wait, what no, it is. Wait, no, I had it's it. It's ally. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're just going to be an ally. <laughs> And learn how to best be on the receiving end of someone telling you about their sexuality. If that is you, here is Chris with some really great advice. If someone shares their sexual identity with you, the first thing you should do is thank them and think, this person trusts me. This person trusts me to share this part of them, you know, the important personal part of themselves with me. And have a moment to really honour that for yourself, that this person trusts me. And then, you know, the follow-up question should be, you know, if someone says they're bisexual, what does that mean to you? Or if someone says they're pansexual, what does that mean to you? They're queer. What does that mean to you? This is the danger of labels sometimes is we assume we know exactly what someone says when they are when they say they're demisexual or whatever their sexuality might be. You don't know because sometimes people use that term and it means something very different to them than it might mean to someone else. So on a date, if someone says a, a sexuality that, you know, sometimes we're, we feel like we can't ask a question like, what does that mean to you? Because it makes us feel like, well, we're showing that we don't know. 
And I think we sort of really have to act against that because it's, I think it's really validating to someone to say, you know, thank you for telling me you're bisexual. I'm interested. What does that mean to you? And use that as a as an entry point for understanding. It's also so important to find people to chat about these experiences with, whether it's positive or negative. And I think it was really validating when we posted this on our Instagram because so many of you were like, oh, my God. You just didn't realise that so many people were going through the same thing. Yeah, and also I found that in our DMs, D, like there were heaps of dudes who were struggling with this because they didn't have mates who were bi to chat to or to, like, relate to about their dating lives, which would be really hard because I feel like as a girl, it's pretty easy to just go to your mates and be like, oh my God, this is happening. Like they said this, like blah, blah, blah. But like obviously it's harder with guys. And then on top of that, if you are only friends with straight men and you're a dude, it's like who do you even go to talked about? Yeah. There's so much bi erasure even just like in media and culture. So it's like, of course, you're going to feel so isolated. But yeah, Chris says it's so important to find someone that you really trust and chat it out with them. But I really want to validate that if you're experiencing stigma and discrimination or someone has, you know, said something to you that's biphobic, the best way through it is to try and reach out to someone who is trusted, who you trust, you know, who you trust and who's a a support for you. And just talk about what's happened so you can feel validated in that because it is a really real risk to your mental health and well-being. You know, we know that people who are bisexual are more likely to face, you know, self-harm, anxiety and depression. And the way to sort of act against that is to talk to people around you and to feel supported and validated and know that that experience of stigma was real and it and you experienced it and it's not your fault and make sure you're reaching out to people so they can validate and let you know that no it's not your fault and it shouldn't have happened and that is a lot more to do with the other person than it is to do with you also if you don't have anybody to talk to and you really do need some professional help definitely go and try and book in um, some time with a therapist or a psych um, and also we'll leave some really good numbers of resources that you can call on if you need in the show notes The most important thing of this whole episode, before Poop and I piss off, mm. is about learning how to embrace your bisexuality. Yeah, and we had so many amazing guests come on here. So we asked uh, both of them, Mo and Patrick, how can you embrace your bisexuality when you're dating? I think if you are going to work on embracing your authentic authenticity in relationship it starts with how you're talking about yourself how you're affirming yourself to others but also to yourself so communication can go both ways internal and external but then i'd say another part of this embracing your authentic self is to give yourself as much practice as possible uh, having these conversations it gets easier the more you you practice and so maybe you'll practice with your friends before you practice with dates or maybe you can pretend with your therapist before you go on dates Uh, But I think that that uh, has helped me as a transgender person have more ease in conversations where there's been difficulty. I spent a lot of time really second guessing these kind of hypothetical eyes from around me. And sometimes that would be like, oh, I don't want the queer community to think that I'm like appropriating their language or their terms or their culture when like perhaps I don't feel validated in in doing that because you know maybe I haven't spent as much time in those spaces as I should you know and then I would be like oh and I don't want like straight people to judge me for you know for this sort of aspect and you know all this second guessing but if you are true to what you want to be then that actually changes uh and validates you I think and so what 
I got to the point of was just being completely authentic and never really backing down in myself. And so even now, like I'm in a um, relationship with a woman and, you know, if people refer to me as straight, then I'll be like, not the case. I don't back down. I I always make that space for me. I hold that space. So I think if if you stop seeing your sexuality as being something outside of yourself, as being something that you can sort of take on or off, it's actually intrinsic, then that changes things. Oh, big episode. Big episode. I really, really hope that you got something out of this. I, I'm not going to lie, like seeing the amount of DMs that we got and messages with how you were feeling on even a personal level in a relatable sense, but also just for us to be able to see how much this is really affecting you was so hard. And we really just wanted to try and put together the best episode so you felt really supported. And and you, like, we want you to have your best love life. Like, we want you to go out there and we don't want you to feel shit about yourself. We want you to date and have sex if you want to have sex and meet people and fall in love and not feel invalidated about your actual authentic self. Absolutely. And yeah, let us know if this has helped you. You can DM us anytime at Triple J the hookup or you can email us um, the hookup at abc.net.au. We're always keen to hear from you and let us know if there are any topics that you're desperate for us to cover. Yeah. Or any guests like Chris Cheers was recommended to us by a friend, Jess Perkins. Lovely Jess Perkins from, from Triple J. Simply the Jest and Weekend Arvos. <laughs> and now we're obsessed with him. Yeah. So you can do the exact same thing. <laughs> All right. We'll catch you next time. All right. Bye.